We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DVTPFL. It's Thursday. It is January 30th. It is 2020. We have six basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy Genie for 07. Grant, after after last week's like terrible schedule, we've had a really, really strong schedule for NBA this year, this week. Yeah, yeah. No, just six, seven games every day. Nothing's ever overwhelmingly overwhelming. It's been fantastic. It's a wonderful week, and I get to see my good friend Stevie TPFL in two days. Yeah, I'm ready, man. Like, I, as long as I got, I got to find somebody that I can ship a headband to in Nashville. But outside of that, I'm ready. I'm ready for the you know, hanging out, watching the big game, and um, you know, getting crushed on the basketball floor. I mean, crushing people on the basketball floor. I mean, if it's me versus you, then, well. I mean, we'll probably be the we'll two biggest guys. We'll crack a beer and laugh at each other. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am most certainly bringing some beer and white cloth to the game. Is that allowed? I'm sure it is. I don't see why not. Like the whole, the whole court is ours, right? Yeah. Well, we're gonna have a pimping good time. So they're bringing like snacks and Gatorade and stuff. Why? Why can't we bring beer? <laughs> yeah, we are adults. That is true. Um, all right. Six games to talk about here on today's slate. Um, it's an interesting slate. There is some really, really strong games, and then there's some really, really basketball-y, ugly games. Um, we start here with Charlotte at Washington, 227.5 total here. Uh, Washington favored by 3.5 in this game. Hatchamarera, McCray, and Wagner are all out. Uh, start here with Charlotte. You know, Devontae Graham, what a mess the other night. Going to play, not going to play, going to play – um, gonna gonna start gonna try to play um, <laughs> what a mess um, he shot one from eight from the field the other night terrible game Rogier um, he definitely had a solid game so if like you made the switch to Rogier and like loaded up on Rogier like he paid off um, but he paid off late too uh, so what are you looking at here for Charlotte so yeah I really hope that people get scared off by Graham's game the other night like, he was sick. It was very clear. One from eight for the field. 
Like, he had five points, but he had ten dimes, zero rebounds. That's not at all like him. He's mostly a scoring guy. Rarely ever gets a double-digit assist, but he was clearly just dishing out the other night. Now he gets a matchup going up against Washington. We all know how good Washington is of a matchup. Love Graham. Still like Rozier at 7,300. Washington, like, I like everyone on Charlotte pretty much. Like, Washington, we haven't seen a great game out of him at all recently. One for nine for the field last game. One for five from the field the game before. But prior to that, he was putting up around or close to 30 points every single game here. He's getting 30-plus minutes almost every single game where he stays out of foul trouble. Like, if he has, he's going to have a higher volume of shots just because of the massive amount of possessions that we're going to have against Washington. It's an easy defensive matchup. He should shoot better from the field. Like, P.J. Washington is a guy that I don't think many people are going to go for considering how bad he's been recently, but he's going up against Washington. Really like him. Zeller probably going to stay away from, like, even a matchup versus Washington. I know it's a good matchup, but their stats versus fives is not as great as people think because – they were without a large part of the season without any of their big guys, and they have some of them back now. Monk, I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out still. Like, Bridges is still in play, though. Probably going to play mid-20s minutes, maybe 30s. Uh, but I love Graham. I love Washington in this spot. I think they both crushed their price tags. Yeah, Nicholas Batum just randomly back out of the rotation there. So I feel like that's, you know, where – Malik Monk and these guys, Bridges, like I think their minutes are kind of secure if we're gonna if Batum is not gonna play. So I think that firing those guys up in large field tournaments, I have no issues with that. Um, I like the Washington call there. He's another guy that you know could increase in minutes, and he shot the ball terrible the other night. Um, so I, I like the spot for Charlotte overall. Um, I'm with you on Graham. I hope this. I hope that last game kind of scares people off, but um, I don't mind playing Rogier either. You know, I think this is a really, really strong spot for Charlotte in general. Um, let's go to the Washington side of this game. You know, Bradley Beal finally, finally got the price increase after, you know, putting up 54 straight games. Uh, what do you like here for Washington? I still think Beal is still in play. Obviously, getting a $1,200 or $1,100 price increase is not great. But he's played 38 minutes in three of the last four. He's had over 50 and four straight. Like, he's playing the minutes. He's the Bradley Beal that we saw earlier on the season with all the minutes along with it. Any given game, he can go for 60. There's a matchup versus Charlotte. It's not bad for shooting guards. So, I don't really mind him in this spot. He's on, on a six-game slate, absolutely, he's in play in GVPs. I don't know if he didn't make my cash game build, but definitely a guy that's very much in play in GVPs. Has a real shot at 60. Bertan's got his price increased to 6,200. I'm not sure if there's a ton of upside on that price tag, even if he is playing 30 to 33 minutes. He has to get hot from behind the arc. It's definitely not out of the realm of possibilities, but he's not a guy that I'm going to be targeting. With McRae still out, like Troy Brown Jr. isn't the worst play in the world, but again, he's got a giant price increase to 5,600. Likely not a guy that I'm going to be going for. But Thomas Bryant, I know that he got an $1,100 price increase, but he finally got some minutes in the last game here. Got played over 30 for the first time in a while since the beginning of December. Like He came back from injury, and they've limited his minutes. It finally seems like that limits restriction might be gone going up against a team that is the worst team in the league versus bigs. Even at 5,200, people might be scared off by this price increase. I don't mind Bryant in this spot. I think that he's a pretty decent tournament play. I want to tell you, I want you to tell me if you think that I'm wrong. 
No, I, I do think he's an interesting tournament play. Um, I just hate where the minutes came from out of nowhere the other night. Um, but I, I don't want it to feel like it's chasing. Uh, that's the only thing that I'm a little concerned about. So I feel like like looking at Beal, the minutes kind of came out of nowhere. Like they were really limiting him. We didn't know if he was going to go over 30 minutes in any given matchup. And then all of a sudden, 33 and 38. And then 20 and 38 and 38. Like Brian obviously came off of an injury and came back in the lineup and they just really limited him. But I think that they're trying to give him minutes. It's obviously not a season they're going to go for anything, but he's still a young guy with some promise. They have no reason not to really give him minutes. I think, I think he's probably going to like, I don't expect 32 minutes again, but even 25 to 30 minutes against this team I think he offers a decent amount of upside and at least some good GPP upside. Well, the matchup is phenomenal. Like, you know, anytime you get a big guy up against Charlotte, the matchup is fantastic. It's just, you know, are, are they going to play Mahimi, you know, 30 minutes again and like randomly like, you know, you know, is Schofield going to continue to like get zero minutes? Like I, I like the tournament appeal. I do. Um, I'm with you on that. I like the tournament appeal. Troy Brown Jr., I think that, you know, he's kind of priced where he should be, but I do think that, like, he has a really solid floor in this matchup with McCray out again. So, you know, I'm perfectly okay with that. You know, Ish Smith played 27 minutes the other night. Like, he's another guy that you could potentially look at here for large field tournaments at 4,600. Um, moving on, we got Toronto at Cleveland. 220.5 total here. Toronto favored by 10 in this game. Marcus Gasol is out. Ronnie Hollis Jefferson is out. Patrick McCall is questionable. And then on the Cleveland side, Knight and Zizek are still out. Um, let's start here with Toronto. I was really glad to open up the slate and realize that they did not mess up the pricing on Serge Ibaka. Um, they increased his price. Um, you know, he's still cheap on FanDuel at 5,600, but – they did increase his price over there on DraftKings. Yeah, it's a little bit tough trying to figure out what to do with Serge here. I mean, without Gasol in the game, he's probably going to end up playing around 30 minutes. There is some upside. We've obviously seen him from Newton before playing 30 minutes, getting 40-plus points. It's not the worst idea in the world, but it's strictly a guy that I'm looking at in tournaments. It's kind of the same thing with everyone else. Like Siakam, any given matchup, has massive upside match versus Cleveland. Obviously, they're terrible defensively. He has the ability to go for 60 in any given spot. Gasol being out really doesn't doesn't help his usage much, but it's not a hindrance to it. Um, Van Vliet, priced there at 7,700, had a rough outing going up against Atlanta last time. Still, he's got over 40 points for a large amount of games prior to that, but 7,700 is a tough spot. Lowry offers you a nice floor, but his ceiling at 7,500 isn't huge. I don't have a whole lot of interest in a lot of these guys. Even Norman Powell is a guy that you probably want to play on sites where he's priced lower. I think he still has some upside, but at 6,300 over on DK, not a spot where I want to look at him. So I don't know. I really don't know if I'll end up playing anyone on Toronto. This game could end up being a blowout. Like maybe take a shot on Boucher, hoping that he gets a few extra minutes since Gasol's out, priced at 4,300 going up against Cleveland. He'll probably get some run in a blowout, but He's really the only guy that I'm looking at, and it's really not a great play. Yeah. Like, I, I like Serge Ibaka on FanDuel. Um, 
Uh, man, like Siakam at 8,400, he's just so expensive. Like, he has upside in any matchup. You know, I just don't know if I pay, pay that price tag for him. You know, I I still think Kyle Lowry's a guy you could play in cash games. Um, I, I think he's pretty safe at 7,500, you know, especially in this matchup here going up against Cleveland. This game, if this game ends up staying close, I, I do think, like, he has, uh, you know, some really strong tournament appeal. I think Norman, Norman Powell is another guy that you could potentially look at here in tournaments. Um, I just wish he was a little bit cheaper. Ugh, the price. Yeah, everyone's just priced about where they should be. Yep. No, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, and then on the Cleveland side of things, you know, obviously, like, if this game stays close, um, you know, Love, Nance, Thompson, Sexton, one of these guys are probably, if not two of these guys, having solid games. Yeah, no, Sexton priced about where he should be at 6900 but Love down to 7200 I know they only they had two rough outings going up against New Orleans, going up against Detroit. That Detroit game, I believe, if I remember correctly, was first of all, that was a back-to-back. So that's why he got his minutes limited going up against New Orleans. And it was a little bit of a blowout. And the Detroit game was a bit of a blowout. He shot terrible in the New Orleans game. That's why he only ended up with 24 points. He went 4 for 15 from the field. This is not a great matchup, but it's still Kevin Love. He can go for 50. He's probably going to end up playing 35 minutes if this game ends up staying close here. So 7,200, the price decrease that he's gotten over the last few games is cause him to be way way too low outside of him like like i said sexton's price where he should be 6900 you're not getting a ton of upside the floor isn't great there are other good plays on this slate here nance like he's gonna get 25 minutes obviously he has upside given that what he did versus new orleans but i don't know if i'm gonna end up going with him he has been on a nice little run recently but i don't know if that's gonna continue i have no problem with taking a shot on him in tournaments but He's not a guy that really stands off the page. Thompson's clearly getting limited around mid-20s minutes recently. So not a spot that I'm going to go with him for against Toronto. Garland, I know he sat out the last game, 5,500. Keeps getting priced the same. Has a decent amount of usage, but just hasn't been putting up good games recently. I think this one is pretty much just love for me, and that's it, because I'm not going with Osman either. Yeah. Like Sexton continues to have a really strong usage rate, um, which is kind of appealing in this game, but you know, the matchup is not anything to be excited about, you know, Larry Nance Jr. Coming off the bench, you know, his usage has been over 20% in three straight games. Now we've kind of seen the fantasy production match that Um, I'm just, I'm not too excited here, you know, just in general uh, on the Cleveland side of things, but, I will say I don't mind shot like if you're playing one or two Toronto guys I don't mind playing like a Kevin Love, a Sexton, a Larry Nance Jr. Um, you know Garland is is kind of pricey um, in this matchup and you know Thompson his minutes are just all over the place um, so I hate that. And then uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is back. He played 26 minutes the other night. Um, he's only 4K. He's a large field tournament dark here, dart um, in this game because it was a back-to-back, and they ran him out there for 26 minutes on the back-to-back after being out um, almost three weeks. So he's another guy that if you want to throw a tournament dart at, Kevin Porter Jr. is very much in play here. Yeah, I like that call. Uh, Philly at Atlanta. 
228 total here. Philly favored by seven and a half in this game. Horford is questionable. Richardson's out. And then on the Atlanta side, Bembre is doubtful. Fernando is doubtful. And Len is out. Let's start here with Philly. Good matchup here going up against Atlanta. What do you like here for the 76ers? I mean, Embiid at 9,300. I know he had a rough outing coming back, and he's obviously got some finger issues. But Embiid at 9,300 going up against Atlanta. In Atlanta, so the game's more likely to stay close. If he gets 35 minutes, then he's just going to smash this price tag. It is a clear mispricing. I know that he still is dealing with that finger, but does not matter to me. 9,300 is too cheap going up against Atlanta. Simmons hasn't gotten the price decrease enough. He's sitting there at high nines. Match versus Atlanta is good. He could end up going for 50, but he's not a guy that stands out. Harris sitting there at 7K, probably not a guy that I'm going to end up targeting. His usage goes down drastically with that with Embiid in the lineup. So if Horford ends up missing, like you can take a shot on it, Harris. You can take a shot on Simmons. You play Embiid regardless. But if Horford ends up missing, like Milton, Thibel, like probably not O'Quinn, but Milton and Thibel probably are two guys that you can end up looking at for some salary relief. They're going to end up getting more minutes. Slightly more usage to go around, but Embiid's a guy that I'm targeting regardless. Match versus Atlanta is just perfect. And Simmons and Harris are kind of contingent on Horford being out. Yeah, obviously, you know, Embiid, you know, they said that they were going to kind of limit his minutes the other night. He played 26 minutes. Maybe he plays a few extra minutes here. I think that's the only thing that you're necessarily concerned about. But, you know, the upside in this matchup is fantastic. He went for 66 fantasy points the first meeting against this team. Ben Simmons has upside here. Um, you know, I, I just – he's a guy that I really hate playing in fantasy. It's just he's so hit or miss. Uh, Tobias, if Horford's out, I don't mind that. But you mentioned uh, Shake Milton. Shake Milton continuing to start here for Josh Richardson, 23, 25, 26 minutes in the last three games. He's pretty cheap still. I have no issues rolling him out there. Tybal went to the bench the other night. Um and like just kind of lost his production in minutes. So probably won't go there, uh, but could play a little bit more if Horford sits, like you mentioned. Uh, the Atlanta side of things, man, Trey Young really disappointed me the other night. I played a ton of him against Toronto. I'm going right back to the well here. Um, the usage is just absolutely insane for Trey Young right now. And he's producing at a very high clip and just had a bad game the other night. Yeah, well, even with his bad game the other night, he's still averaging over 60 in his last four. Um, two 70-point games, 9.9K. It's too cheap. It doesn't matter the matchup. I know that Philly's a very tough matchup for every position, but Trey Young is just a guy that can go for 60 no matter what the matchup is. And 9.9K is too cheap for him. It's a tough matchup for John Collins, but if he ends up staying out of foul trouble, he crushes. If he ends up getting into foul trouble, he's only going to play mid-20s minutes. It's kind of how it's been recently. He's had five or more fouls and five of the last – or six of the last seven. So it's kind of a worry, but if he's in the game, he's going to eat up a bunch of usage. Outside of them, like Herter playing a boatload of minutes, like taking some shots, 5,300, there's definitely some upside on him, but – this is a tough matchup going up against Philly. Not a guy I'm looking into. Hunter, Reddish, Teague. Not guys that I really have any interest in for the Atlanta team. Uh, sorry, I can hear my son crying, and I'm like, oh, it's been one of those days. Um, 
yeah, like Herder, like ever since Teague has kind of come, he's just kind of lost to like point guard minutes, and like we we've saw the pro- production just kind of slip a little bit. But in any matchup, if he shoots the ball well from the three point line, um, you know, she took nine, seven, three, six, nine in the last five games, three pointer attempts, like. All he needs is just one night to shoot the ball well. And, um, you know, he's a guy that could definitely pay off his price. Cam Reddish, Hunter, these guys are going to get there from time to time. I have no issues playing either one of these guys, taking shots, especially with Bembray out. You know, Fernando did not play the other night either. Um, and, and, like, you know, as far as Atlanta, as far as the big guys go, I think Damian Jones, if you want to take a tournament flyer at 3,600, he played 22 minutes the other night against Toronto. Um, he's probably going to have to end up playing, you know, a, a solid amount of minutes here again, just because Fernando's doubtful and Lynn is out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, like outside of when Collins or Young are out, like I just don't really have any interest in anyone. Yeah, I completely understand that. That's for sure. Uh, life today is kind of a lot. It forces us to always be on, but every now and then it's important to just stop, crack open a mountain cold Coors Light and chill. So when you choose to turn off, choose the one beer that's made to chill. Coors Light, mountain cold refreshment made to chill. What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get what's ready for next? Get ready for what's next. My favorite way to chill is simple. I just crack open an ice cold Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue even when your beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit the reset, just open up Coors Light. It's a mountain cold refreshment is made to chill. Coors Light is brewed with a three-step cold process, cold lager, Cold filtered and cold packaged, so it's actually made to chill. The mountains on Coors Light. Cold activated bottles and cans turn blue when chilled to perfection. Born in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado in 1978, Coors Light is refreshing, crisp, and only 102 calories. I love me some Coors Light. I like Coors. I like Coors Light. Coors Light is, you know, always one of my go-tos when I'm out drinking, watching some games, so... Of course, if you're over 21, you're watching some hoops, watching some football, um, make sure you're checking out Coors Light. You know, it's just so refreshing. That's why I like Coors Light, and that's when I choose when I need a moment to chill. So when it's time to reset, reach for that beer that's made to chill. Remember, celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Golden State at Boston, no total in this game. Um, we'll have to kind of wait on some injury news here for Boston. Looney's out again. Uh, Cantor's out again, but Jason Tatum is questionable. Um, this seems like a spot, like, I know he's dealing with, like, a groin injury, but, like, why would he play in this game, in my opinion? Uh, what do you like here for Golden State? I mean, D'Angelo has 50-plus in three out of the last four. Got, or four out of the last five. If games stay close, he's playing a boatload of minutes. He's kind of a guy that I'll end up playing any time that the game – like, I'm, I'm stacking if I have D-Russ. Like, that, it's just that simple. The game turns into a blot. He's not going to get there, but if the game stays close, we know he's going to put up 20-plus shots in every single game where he ends up playing enough minutes. He's 8K, absolutely has some upside, has 60-point upside in a given matchup here. He's the main guy I'm going with. Uh Draymond had a great game last game. He's been playing mid-30s recently. 5'9". I had no problem with playing him in this spot 
Like he's a GPP flyer. I'm not using him for cash, but in GPPs, absolutely fine. Burks is another guy that we always talk about. Has not been great recently, but still any given matchup, he can end up throwing up 20 plus shots here. He gets a boatload of usage. No problem with Burks. I'm probably not going with Glenn Robinson. Probably not going with Damian Lee. Like I know that Marquise Chris has been getting some minutes recently and doing all right, but not a guy that I want to trust. To me, it's it's Russell and Scream in the spot. That's really it for me too. Uh, Draymond and Russell, really the only two guys that I remotely even trust in this spot. Um, you know, Burks. If he was playing the minutes, I would have interest. Um, but like, you know, I, I just he's just not getting the minutes. Glenn Robinson's getting the minutes. He's gone for over thirty fantasy points in three of the last four games. He's forty eight hundred. He's a guy that you could potentially look at depending on how some of the um, injury news falls today and how value opens up. Um, I, I think he's definitely worth looking at. Um, on the Boston side of things, like it's all going to depend on Tatum. Again, I don't really see a reason to rush him back in this matchup. They should be able to beat Golden State without him and Cantor. Daniel Tice had a good game last time out. Uh, it's three straight games with Cantor out that Tice has played over 30 minutes. It's just – it's so tough to pay the price tag on DraftKings. Um, like, it was a solid solid game the other night, but, like, he's just – it wasn't, like, a, a lock and load spot. But I still think he's in play over on FanDuel at 5,200. Yeah, on FanDuel is fine. But, yeah, his price tag on DK, 6,100. At this price tag, he hasn't gone over 5X in any of the last 10 games. Even games where he's getting over 30 minutes, he has a little bit of upside, but – not much. He's a guy that I'm avoiding. If Tatum's out, then same thing as always. It's a perfect matchup. Golden State's terrible defensively. If this game stays close, Kemba, Hayward, Brown, all guys that can go off. Kemba being my favorite of the bunch. I know I had a little bit of a rough game going up against Miami, but I only shot five from 19 from the field. Still put up close to 20 shots. Still put up 13 shots from behind the arc. He just shot terribly that game. It was the right play. Didn't end well. Only a $100 price increase for a much, much better matchup going up against Golden State. Again, this is entirely contingent on the Tatum news. I have no problem playing any one of these guys if Tatum does play, but if Tatum's out, they become good plays instead of just decent tournament shots. Hayward, 7-5. If Tatum's out, the usage will be there. He doesn't offer a ton of upside, but he offers a little bit of upside as price. Same thing with Brown. Like You're not getting a ton of upside. You're not getting a great floor with either him or Hayward, but you are getting some upside if Tatum's out. Walker's the guy that you're getting a big ceiling. He's by far my favorite play of the bunch. Again, not going with Tice, probably not going with Marcus Smart. So really if Tatum's out, Kem is my guy and I have no problem with playing Hayward or Brown in tournaments. Um, all right, moving on. We got Utah at Denver, 215 and a half total here. Uh, Denver favored by one and a half in this game. Um, we'll have to see for Utah as far as injury news goes, back-to-back uh, for them. Denver, Millsap, Murray, and Plumley are all still out. Um, I, was reading, I was reading a report before we got started that um, Donovan Mitchell was running back and forth to the bathroom um, during the, during the game on Wednesday night. So <laughs> um, what do you like here for Utah? I mean, let's be honest. That's happened to all of us at one point or another. He probably, probably had some good barbecue down in San Antonio. That I'll occasionally do it to you, but uh, yeah, go bear Mitchell. Like 
they're priced fine. Gobert hasn't been doing great recently. It's obviously not a good matchup going up against Denver. Gobert, like, had a rough game versus Houston. It's just that simple. Did not do much on the offensive end. It was a weird situation where they had, who was it? Uh, P.J. Tucker on him. Like, Gobert, 8.1K, even up against Denver. Has the ability to go for 50. But Mitchell, he's been playing well recently, but just put up 50 versus Houston, 7,200. Offers a good amount of upside. Conley still getting the same exact role. Got upgraded to 25 minutes the other night. I don't know what's going on in the game tonight. Um, It was still going on when we started this uh, podcast, but uh, Conley, even at 4,100, offers a little bit of upside. Maybe gets a boost of minutes today, but probably not on a second end of a back-to-back. Ingles at his price tag, not offering a ton of upside. I really like – this is a tough matchup going up against Denver. In Denver, on the second end of a back-to-back, We've talked about before, it's one of the toughest matchups you can have, and it's still a decent flight going from San Antonio to Denver. I really don't have a whole lot of interest in anyone in this game. Like, maybe Bogdanovich, but just really not anyone. It's the toughest back-to-back in the NBA, and, like, every every player, everybody that I've you know, ever has ever said back, like talked about back-to-backs has said Denver is the toughest back-to-back in NBA. So, I mean, Utah has played at 3,000 elevation, 3,500 elevation. So it's not as tough on them, but still not an easy back-to-back. Well, like they, they played in San Antonio on Wednesday and they fly into Denver. So like, it's still not the easiest back-to-back in the world either. Um. So, yeah, like, I'm kind of with you on Utah. Um, I really don't love Utah here. You know, nothing really standing out unless we get news like Mike Conley is going to be, you know, out on the second end of the back-to-back. Um, I don't think that Mike Conley has played a back-to-back since coming back. So, we'll kind of have to see. Because if Mike Conley's out, I like Jingles. Um, Joe Ingles, when Conley's out, Ingles gets to play, like, you know, backup point guard minutes. Um he gets to play some point guard just in general. So, if Conley were to sit in this game after playing 21 minutes on Wednesday, um, I, I think Jingles is a guy you, you could look at here. I mean, um, but before Conley, like they got Clarkson around the same time they got Conley or a Conley back, right? Yeah, that's true. So, we don't really it, might know. Hurt, it might hurt Jingles a little bit, but it might give an upgrade to Clarkson's minutes. Um, and Jingles is 4.9K. Like, at his current production, it's not great, but without Conley in there, gets an uptick in minutes in all likelihood and gets an uptick in uh, production. So, something to look out for is the fact that, like, I haven't looked into it if Clarkson eats into his minutes, but Joe is still a good play if Conley does sit on the second end of a back-to-back. Yeah, and Clarkson coming off of one of his best games since joining Utah on Wednesday. He had, he had a really solid game, so – um, that could definitely, honestly, it could be really interesting to see how that kind of plays out. So, uh, we'll be watching the news for that one. Um, Denver's side of things here, you know, even on the Denver side, nothing really like, you know, off the page standing out to me. Jokic is 10-1 against Utah. Probably won't end up going there for him. You know, Jeremiah Grant, 6,400. I think he's Okay. He's a guy that's gone over 30 fantasy points in five straight games now that Millsap's been out. So, I, I don't mind Grant, really. Yeah, Grant's a all right play, but the guy I'm really looking at is Barton. I know he's been 
just not great recently. Um, got into some foul trouble in the Houston game, if I remember correctly. Up against Memphis, went three for 10 from the field. Up against New Orleans, went four for 14 from the field. Up against Houston, went three for 14 from the field. Like, he's playing the minutes in every single game that stays close. They don't have a whole lot of depth. He's 6K now, where he was 7,800 not too long ago. We know that he's going to play the minutes. We know that he's going to have a decent usage. I really like Will Barton in the spot for tournaments. It's not an easy matchup, but I don't think that matters for him a ton. Like, in tough matchups, he can absolutely do well, and I'm not going to be surprised if he ends up taking 15-plus shots in this spot. 6K is too cheap of a price tag, even in a tough matchup, which really doesn't matter for him too much, as I said. I really like Barton. Michael Porter Jr., you can take a shot on tournaments. Had a rough shooting night going up against Memphis. 5.7K. He can still, even in limited minutes, we've seen him go for close to 40 in high 20s minutes. Maybe he gets a few extra minutes in this one. I don't mind Michael Porter Jr. at all at 5,700, and I really like Will Barton. Grant's fine. He's just It's just based on production. It's not a good matchup. There's no other reason other than the fact that he's been close to 40. And Joker at 10K, really tough matchup. Not a great spot for him. 10K, there's boatloads of other guys I'd rather go with at slightly cheaper. So Barton is a really good play in this spot. Yeah, so... Michael Porter Jr., I, I, I like him. I just like him more on FanDuel. I think he's, you know, cheap enough over on FanDuel at 4900 that, you know, the upside I feel like at that price is a little bit better than the upside over there on DraftKings. So if you're playing Michael Porter Jr., I'd probably end up playing him more on like a FanDuel. Um, that's kind of it for that one. Let's move on to the last one here. We got the Kings at the Clippers um, in L.A. Um, no total in this game yet. Sacramento on the second end of the back-to-back. We're going to mark Bagley and Holmes. Um, well, Bagley Bagley questionable and Holmes um, doubtful. Um, you know, and then on the Clippers side, you know, Beverly and Paul George are both probable. Uh, Grant, let's start here, you know, with the Sacramento side. You know, we have Fox who 37 minutes the other night put up 46 fantasy points against Minnesota. That was a pretty fast-paced game. It's a tougher matchup here, but this is, you know, the cheapest price tag we've seen from him since the middle of the month. Um, and like Buddy Heald, you know, your buddy Hyde, um, he took 24 shots against Minnesota the other night. Um, He took 14 three-pointers in that game. What do you like here for Sacramento? I mean, Bogdanovich, I believe he's still getting the start. He's sitting here at 4,700. It's halftime in the game as we're recording this, and he's already got 21. Price decrease, I know it's the second end of the back-to-back, but I don't think that's really going to affect him too much. Bogdanovich, by the way, I have no idea who's at my door. Um, Bogdanovich is too cheap here. Fox, even in a tough matchup versus the Clippers, is too cheap. Wait and see if we get news on whether Buddy's going to be coming off the bench. Um, but, like, Buddy, not a great play. Fox is too cheap. Bogdanovich is too cheap. Bielitsa is probably still too cheap. Like, the price tags on these guys, I know it's a very tough matchup versus the Clippers when they're at full health. It looks like everyone's going to play. But Bogdanovich, Bielitsa, and Fox are all too cheap. I like all of them in this spot. Even though it's not a good matchup, all of them have a massive ceiling for the price tag. Do you think Bogdanovich is going to be chalked today? Um, I don't know if it necessarily be chalked just because of the matchup. 
Yeah, but he's just but he so is cheap. cheap, very cheap. Yeah, I don't know. Wait on wait on news to see if he gets to start, but he's going to play the minutes. Forty eight hundred's too cheap. Yeah, like man, if if Bogdanovich starts and your Buddy Heald comes off the bench again, um, like just the the usage of Buddy Heald off the bench and you know Bogdanovich getting those starter minutes, like obviously they both become interesting. But you know Buddy Heald shooting the ball terribly on Wednesday right now at halftime. But you know Bogdanovich, if if he's gonna start, man, like he's he is really cheap and he he's, his price continues to go down. Solid fantasy games, and his price goes down. Yeah, don't understand it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like Bielitsa a lot on Wednesday, and he just he's not doing anything either. Like, you know, that whole – that just – my biggest issue with the Kings is they just play so many mi- people so many minutes. Yeah, well, I mean, they only played Buddy 10 minutes in the first half so far. The game might be a lot. Who knows? They might not play that many minutes tonight. It's It's going to be interesting, but, yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about the other side of this game. The Clippers side, you know, Paul George coming back here. Um, he's 8,200. Patrick Beverly coming back here. He's 4,900. Um, we'll kind of have to see if, like, Patrick Beverly gets a minute restriction at all because his was a groin injury. Paul George was a hamstring injury, um, you know, and he's missed, like, I think he was, like, eight or nine minutes. And – you know, they're already saying it's unclear if Paul George is going to have a minutes restriction or not. Uh, what are you looking at here for the Clippers? Yeah, if we don't hear, like, I don't want to play 10-8 with Beverly, George, Harrell, Lou, all all playing. I don't want to play 10-8 for Kawhi. George, I don't know about his minutes, even with his minutes being normal. 8.2K, you're not getting a ton of upside at that price tag. Beverly, like, if there's not going to be a minutes restriction, he's one of the few guys where I could see a decent amount of upside. Um, I just don't know about the minutes restriction. Like, 4.9K is a little bit too cheap for him. He might offer some upside, but, again, like, we're not going to know about the minutes restriction. Maybe you can swap stuff around since it's the last game of the night and you have the Utah and Denver game too. But as of right now, like, if unless we get news at the beginning of the day, we're not going to know until that game starts about his potential minutes. And so it's not really worth taking a sh- chance. Harrell, Lou Will, both of them price where they should be. Lou Will has a bit more upside than Harrell. I don't mind playing him at all in this spot. Coming off the bench, he's going to eat up all the usage, especially if George is going to be on immense restriction. He'll get more minutes without both Kawhi and George in there and can just eat up everything. Has not been get playing great recently. People will probably be off him. If I'm playing anyone, it's going to be Beverly if we hear that there's not going to be immense restriction, or it's going to be Lou Will. Yeah, ah, man, if Paul George doesn't have a minute restriction, he's kind of interesting at 8,200, but I don't think I can trust it. I, I do think he has really solid upside at that price point if he doesn't have a minute's restriction, but if all these guys play and everybody's healthy and everything's good, like I just don't see anything that's like jumping off the board price-wise. You know, I, I don't mind the Lou Williams call. I don't mind Harrell, but – these guys go back to that bench role and, you know, they go back to that like 26 to 28 minute role. Yeah. All right. Let's play the morning grind game. And then we're going to get out of here. Um, last podcast of the week for both of us. Um, you know, we got Kyle Murray and Britt divine making his morning grind debut. He's hosting for me 
on Friday. Appreciate Britt filling in, um, traveling to Nashville. So appreciate him doing that. Um, and that was all to buy time for me to pull up my sheets. Favorite play under 5X to 7K. Who do you got, Grant? Bogdanovich. That's not a that's not a bad pick, Grant. Um, no, no, it's not. I was struggling with this one. Like I, I struggled to do this one before we got started. Um, I just, oh man, I don't know. Like maybe Clarkson gets another, you know, another solid run, and Conley loses minutes. I'm just gonna kind of go out on a limb here and say, you know, Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Over 8K to under 5X, who's your bust today? It's, I guess the obvious one is Paul George, but I'm just going to go with Kawhi. I thought you were going to take my guy. Is it? Is it the guy you always take? It's Joker. I talked yeah. him up the other day. Yeah. I did. I know. I was surprised. I was on the podcast with you. I know. I even, like, I liked him on the Grinders Live later in the day, and, like, I talked him up, and he didn't 5X. Who is this man I... doing a podcast with me? That's right. Who's that? Who'd that be? Um, favorite 6X player, who do you got? I had someone. Barton. Max, uh, that's probably my let's get weird play, shouldn't it? Um, I don't know if it'll be that weird. Maybe. <laughs> Um, favorite six X play. There was like three people and I did not, I usually write them down, but I did not write them down today. Um, give me D'Angelo Russell. Uh, your let's get weird GPP play. Who do you got? Washington's not going to be heavily owned, is he? I don't think so. You're not, he's not typically heavy owned. He's almost never heavy owned, but. This is a spot. P.J. Washington. All right. I'm going to go with Kevin Porter Jr. Um, I don't expect him to be popular at all. So, I'm going to take Kevin Porter Jr. and take a flyer on him. Um, game selection question. Anything standing out to you, Grant? Uh, I didn't even look that much, honestly. Um, same thing I always say. Probably the fantasy draft pick and roll. I think it's fifteen hundred bucks today, twenty five dollar buy in. No rake. Yeah. Um you know, another thing that you know you like to do if you if you haven't checked it out, super draft, you can um, you know, switch it up over there and yeah. um also Yahoo's been overlaying a decent amount lately. Look, if you're looking for less rake, fantasy draft and then Yahoo, they're eight dollar baller. Um generally doesn't fill all the way most days. All right. I went high dollar yesterday. I'm going to go back to the low stakes today. Uh, $5 high five single entry tournament over there on DraftKings. The only thing that I don't like about this tournament today is it only pays 19%, but the payout structure is really strong um, for the top 10. Like 2K, 1K, 750, 500, 350. The top five spots, I really like that payout structure. So I like this one over there today. Uh, Min cash is two x. You know, attack it more as a uh, more as a larger field tournament today, um, in my opinion, because it's kind of top heavy. So that was one of the ones I was you know looking at before we got started here. Uh, went high dollar yesterday. Wanted to go back towards the bottom, um, lower bankroll guys. 
for this one. Uh, Grant, over-under, favorite over-under. What do you got? I'm probably going the under. Actually, no. I'm going the over in the Washington-Charlotte game. They just keep going over and said 227.5 right now. I'm actually going to go with you. Um, I, I don't hardly ever do that, but I got my streak. I, I tweeted it out. I didn't know which one I was going to take. Um, you know, my lock bet on sharp side um, yesterday. But I tweeted it out. It was Memphis minus three. I felt like that was ridiculous. It ended up minus two and a half. Like, that's one of those times I wish Florida had sports betting. But I'm going to go ahead. Like, I'm, I'm locking this in right now. I'm taking the over of 227 and a half uh, for this game because I'm right there with you. Locking it in, getting my lock bet in. And I think this game will climb throughout the day. Um, so, I'm getting it in early. Uh, that's going to wrap it up here for the Thursday podcast. Like I said, Britt Devine, Kyle Murray on Friday. Appreciate you guys listening. Enjoy the big game this weekend. We'll be back Monday talking some more hoops. Well, I'll be back Monday. The podcast will be here tomorrow. So enjoy, and um, we'll see you guys again tomorrow. Take it.